Our scripture reading this morning comes from Luke 2, 8 through 14. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The word of the Lord. Good morning. Ooh, it's a little loud, isn't it? Uh, my name's Alan Gates. I'm one of the elders. It's definitely a privilege and honor to be here with you this morning. Um, as been shared, this is the second week of Advent. This is the time that we look at the theme of peace during Advent. And as, as I was preparing and thinking about this, you know, over the last couple years, I've struggled with the theme of peace personally. You know, just with, I'm sure most of it's dealing with the pandemic, because all of us have been dealing with it. But, you know, each year we talk about peace, and I guess part of it's, you know, in the world we have this window dressing of peace, peace on earth. We have these phrases, our movies, our shows, cards, times that we gather together, and we kind of, in a sense, put on a face, it feels like. And sometimes I've just kind of been struggling with it, thinking about it, and and part of it maybe just growing a little cynical in my old age, too, I don't know, but, you know, just kind of, anyway, as I was preparing for this, thinking about what is peace? What is the peace that Jesus has brought to us? What do we mean by peace? And as I was thinking about this, pulling away the layers, you know, we see around us, we have wars going on, the war in Ukraine and other wars, rumors, and then we have divisions, political divisions that feel like it's getting worse, even though maybe it's just, maybe we just hear about it more, possibly. But even then, then we pull away another layer, and you think about just a lot of uncertainty right now, just with finances, inflation, thinking, what does the next year have for us? What, where is this peace? What are we looking for? And then as even pulling another layer, layer just, I work as a hospital chaplain, and just discussions that I come across with people dealing with, you know, coming in with different symptoms, wondering what is happening, what is going on. You know, this, the uncertainty of wondering what is, what will they find out? And then those who do get the diagnosis that changes their world, changes their life, hearing the words of cancer or uh, that you need dialysis or, or this other different chronic illnesses that happen or surgeries and question again of the uncertainty, the anxiety, the fear of, okay, everything that I thought I knew is changed, you know, where where is my grounding? Where do I go in the midst of this? And again, it leaves these feelings of insecurity that we kind of wonder, where is God in the midst of this? Where is this peace that we are longing for, that we are looking at in the midst of it? And as I was kind of reflecting, thinking about this, I thought, well, maybe 
Maybe I'm misunderstanding the word of peace. You know, sometimes words change over time. You know, different understandings. And so I decided, well, let's search the word peace online. Let's see what pops up. And, of course, the main, you know, the common thing was really about nations. You know, nations getting along, nations at peace with one another. No hostility. But Webster, I noticed, had interesting, some more specific definitions in going tranquility or quietness. Uh, of course, freedom from civil disturbance. It even talked about having no oppressing thoughts or minds. And of course, more what we're related to is having no hostility, no hostility within our own relationships, having good relationships with one another. So then I thought more about, you know, what is the biblical understanding of peace? What is the spiritual? And of course, a common word is, is the word shalom, uh, which is you know, the Hebrew word for peace a common word that many of us probably have heard, maybe the one Hebrew word most of us know. And as with so many Hebrew words, there's so much deeper meanings within it. And shalom kind of talks about the wholeness, the completeness, or even the perfection of a person, or of a being, or in the midst of it. And the reality is, we live in an age where shalom has been broken. Now, we hear people talk about this. Now, ever since the fall and since sin has entered the world, you know, we live as broken people. We live a way divided from God in hostility toward Him. And deep down, what we're all looking for, what we're longing for, is to restore the shalom, this wholeness, this coming back to a peace within us, this spiritual peace in the midst of it. And so this morning, we'll be looking at what is, what is the peace that Jesus brought to us in the first Advent? And what is the peace that we look towards? You know, we talk a lot about Advent's about anticipation, looking towards the second coming of Christ. So what is this peace that we look for and that we're looking at? We'll be looking at the promise of peace that God has given to us throughout ages and continues to give to us. We'll look at the peace that we have with one another that Jesus did bring to have in our relationships. Ultimately, though, we'll be looking at the peace that Jesus, his main purpose was so that we can have peace with God so that we can be in relationship with them. Let us pray. Dear Father, we do just come before you and just ask you just to meet with us, to be with us during this time. As, as we hear from your word, we just ask you just to speak to us and be present with us. As been shared in, this, in song and scripture, just that you give us this peace, that you help remind us and ground us into your word, into who you are, and just into what you want for us. And we just pray, just be with us during this time. Help us just to focus our thoughts and just be present with you and just know that you are with us and that you are here to give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we begin first looking at the promise of peace. You know, throughout, we can see throughout Scripture, throughout the Old Testament, and that God had a purpose and plan throughout history. From the very beginning, he promised that he will restore things after the fall, that there will be coming a Messiah, that Jesus will come, and that peace will be restored. And there's different prophecies, and even in the gospel writers, as they capture the birth of Jesus, they connect to these prophecies, different ones showing that Jesus is this fulfillment, and that ultimately he will be our true fulfillment, you know, that he had a purpose in the first advent, but we all long for the day when we truly see peace realized. One particular prophecy we're just going to kind of look at is in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. 
And this week's Advent devotional actually kind of captured a little bit of this, the Prince of Peace. But in the midst of this prophecy, Isaiah is speaking to the nation of the southern kingdom of Judah. And it was a time of war. The northern kingdom had just been taken over by Assyria. Their king, he was not a god follower. He's a wicked ruler. So people were living similar anxiety, uncertainty. What is happening? Where is God in the midst of this? And one of the prophecies that Isaiah tells them is, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be called upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of the hosts will do this. Ultimately, Isaiah is pointing to Jesus being that Messiah, that ruler, the ruler to come, to be that Prince of Peace. But when we look at the Gospels, when we look at when Jesus is born, he doesn't come as a conquering ruler. He comes as a simple child. Not only that, but being born in a humble stature. He's born in a manger with Mary and Joseph out in the kind of out in Bethlehem, one of the smallest towns there was. There was no large fanfare, it wasn't really well known, but in the midst of this, this was the ruler. This is who Jesus was to become. We know that Jesus' ministry was not as a conquering ruler, but to serve others, to care for others. His ministry, as we look through the Gospels, was serving and caring for others. As Jesus said, he came to serve, to be there with them. From this, we can look back at this promise of peace that peace is about having patience because God is long-suffering. You know, he promises from the very beginning, even when Jesus came, you know, God hadn't spoken to the people in a long time. and The people were longing for the Messiah to come. But even now, we still wait patiently for him to come back to set up his kingdom, to establish all that is right. But we're reminded that peace is about being patient with where we're at. And what I've learned about patience is, A, I struggle with it a lot. But A, I've learned from people that patience is about being present to where we're at. Sometimes it's easy to get caught up in thinking back and looking back at the past, thinking about the so-called good old days. You know, Israel was common to do this. Oh, if only we could go back to Egypt. Only if we go back to then. And we kind of get stuck. Or you can get looking forward and become despair or even get stuck on like in times things or thinking what is going to happen trying to figure this out but ultimately peace is about being present where we're at and in the moment uh, a dear friend years ago kind of helped teach me this as her mom was going through a, a terminal illness and in our discussions one of the things she brought up was about how learning how to be present each day with her you always long for the good days and in, even in the bad days, though, just being present in the moment with where you're at. It doesn't mean you, look, you ignore the future or forget the past, because you look at the past and see where are we gone, where are we, what can I learn from it. And you look to the future with longing and with hope, as we you know, heard last week about hope. But at the same time, we stay present with where we're at. We stay present with our family, with the work that God has given us, and we stay with where in present with each other. Patience is about recognizing what we can control and what we cannot in the midst of this. Because I think that's the hard part when we're longing for peace. It's like, what is going to happen? How can I, I want to control this. I want to plan this. 
but in the midst of it being present, sometimes just sitting back and thinking, okay, I'm here in this moment. I can be at this moment, do what I can. But ultimately, we see that Jesus' coming has, is in humility. Patience is about humility. That he came to serve, to care for others. Which leads us to our next point, that when Jesus came, he came to bring peace with one another, within our relationships with each other. As we heard in our uh, scripture reading this morning, after Jesus was born, the first two to truly hear the gospel message was the shepherds. You know, the angels were claiming to them. Mind you, the shepherds were considered really outcasts in that time period. They were always, you know, working out in the fields, caring for the sheep or lambs, and they were never included in the religious community because they were considered unclean. Sometimes they were considered untrustworthy. But we see God reaching out to them, reminding them that they do matter. Even though society has kind of outcast them, put them at the bottom of everything, God does care for them. He does value them. And we see this played out throughout the Gospels with Jesus. You know, he spent time with the sinners and with the tax collectors was the common accusation. People who were considered by the religious leaders, no, you're not supposed to spend time with them. You're not supposed to have meals with them. You know, they, there are people we don't want to be with. But these are the people that Jesus cared about and loved. It didn't mean that he agreed with their lifestyle or commended them because they all left change every time they met with Jesus. So many times you see the tax collector saying, I will give back what I've stowed and I will give back more in the midst of this. And we see even Jesus' disciples who were a diverse group of believers or beliefs, I should say. There were fishermen, a tax collector, even a zealot. But it's from these that Jesus brought together that he changed their lives and they went out and, and planted the church. They spread the news. Peace that Jesus brought was to bring people together, to find unity with them, to bring them together in the midst of everything that's going on and bring them together to connect. But in the midst of this, what we learn about peace is about having value for other people, valuing them, loving them, caring for them. This can mean basically learning from them, listening to them. There is power in just sitting down and listening to another person's story to say that your experience, what you're going through matters, what you are dealing with matters. Again, Jesus, whenever he met with them, they left change. And that's kind of the peace that we are supposed to be called to, that we share this peace that Jesus has given to us, that when we sit down with people, we can let Jesus change them in the midst of it. We can show them that they have value, that they have worth, and that they matter in the midst of this. Uh, one of the things that have always stood out to me is this, the power of, like I said, just listening to another person. People who have, so many people get dismissed or get argued with, but actually just hearing their story and watching their whole countenance change, their whole personality change in the midst of it. Everything kind of almost disarms them in the midst of when someone is finally just heard and listened to in the midst of it. But, of course, the struggle is in the world that we do live in, sometimes there is disagreements, there is divisions. Even Jesus tells us, that even with his name, of who he is, sometimes people will disagree, which again points us to the longing that someday that we are looking towards the second advent, that when Jesus will come, we'll set everything right. But ultimately, the reason why Jesus came for us in the first advent was so that we can have peace with God, 
His purpose was to be a mediator for us between God and Jesus, and for God and us, to, to, to take away the hostility. He came to serve. He came to be the perfect sacrifice. He gave his life so that we all may live. Uh, Paul captures this well in Romans chapter 5. He tells us in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. And and this is Paul is laying out how we have all fallen short. We have all lived broken lives. We are all in hostility towards God. It is only through Jesus that we can have that connection, that mediator, that broken relationship mended. And he says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Ultimately, Jesus has restored where we can have peace with God. We can be in relationship with him. Imagine thinking the holy God who created all, we can be in relationship with him. We can cry out to him in the midst of our troubles and our trials. We can bring our prayers, our sorrows that we feel for him. It is in his grace. Ultimately, Paul tells us even in our sufferings, when we deal with these anxieties, when we deal with our fears and deal with the uncertainty, that Christ is still with us, that that peace, that he is growing and shaping us. He says it produces endurance, which again points us back to patience. It builds within us this longing, this we can be present in the moment. But not only that, but it produces character, which of course leads to hope, which is what, you know, as we talk about the anticipation of Advent, we look for that, that hope that someday, that the day that Jesus will come again and will set everything right. This doesn't mean sufferings are easy. It doesn't mean that it's good because they are hard and we do struggle. But we can know that we can be grounded in the peace of God, knowing that he is with us in the midst of this. Uh, one of the things that, I don't know, it shouldn't surprise me, but it still does sometimes, is when talking with people and dealing with the anxieties, the fears, the power of prayer, and just how powerful, you know, it seems like it's just simple words, but yet there is something that happens. It's something that God instills in us, his presence in the midst of it when we call upon him, and how it can give us that peace in that moment when we're dealing with the panic of what do I do in the moment of this, dealing with our anxiety, our fears, is in that moment that we can cry out to God, and it can change us. It can change our hearts. It can help continue grounding us is when we continue to pray, when we continue to stay in his word, that we are reminded constantly that God's peace is with us, that the peace that Jesus brought, that we do have peace with God, and that he wants what's best for us. And he does care for us in the midst of this, in the midst of what's going on and what's happening around us. And in the midst of this, we know that his presence cares for us. So as we conclude, we look at the first advent, we know that Jesus came to make the way for peace for us, to honor the peace, the promise that has been given to us. But ultimately, it also points us to that someday peace will be seen truly fulfilled in the second advent, 
when peace will be revealed, when Jesus will come back as that conquering ruler, as that prince of peace for us. But ultimately, in verse 7, we see that Jesus brought to show that in our relationships, we are to have peace with one another. We are to be gathered together in unity together. We are to work together. There is no social class or status. We are all made clean with him. That we are to love and care for all those. But ultimately, we see that Jesus came so that we can have peace with God in this time, that we can be in relationship with him. Not only that, but we look forward to today when we could truly be with him, when the new kingdom comes, and in anticipation of peace coming towards us in the midst of this. And we look forward to that day when we share this peace with one another as we go out. Let us pray. Dear Father, we just come before you and just ask you just to meet with us during this time. You know the trials and the sufferings and the different fears that we have in our lives. We do just ask you just to meet with us. Help us to be grounded knowing that we have this peace with you. We pray help us share this peace with those around us. As we continue on in this Christmas season and Advent, we help us to share with that peace with around us, with our family, with our co-workers, our schoolmates, whoever it may be, whoever may need to hear it, the strangers even. We just give us that strength, ground us. And even in times when we do feel that uncertainty, we ask you just to be present with us, to guide us and to watch over us, and to continue to stilling that hope within us. We just bring all these things before you. In Jesus' name, amen.